Did you see the thing that's been going around Facebook today? Um, the whole... I don't know where it came, where it started. I, I first saw it on Millennials for Bernie, but like, mm-hmm. like saying like, why are we, you know, fuck for fuck talking about like Jeff Epstein? Like we should be talking about how Sandra Bland didn't kill herself. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? I think that's completely fucking ridiculously moronic because like the re- the reason that it, it, it it's even a meme is because like Jeffrey Epstein was a pedophile that died. Like, mm-hmm. like that's that there, there's inherent humor in that. Like, yeah, you know, it's completely fucking different. Like, no one's stopping you from making memes, yo. Yeah. I mean, if if you if you want to make jokes about a black woman being killed in police custody, yeah, yeah, yeah. then by all means, fucking go, go to, for go it. Go to town, baby. Go to town. <laughs> it's like they're like they this, huh? They made jokes. Oh, we were. Well, there was this stuff going around on Facebook today about uh, like so, some people were saying that it's like, why are we talking about Jeffrey Epstein not killing himself when we should be talking about Sandra Bland? Not I, no, no specifically, like, that we're the memes about us. Yeah, yeah, we're right. the memes about Sandra Go ahead, make, like, go ahead. Go ahead and make those jokes, man. Okay. <laughs> no, but that's actually... Oh, shit. Well, yeah, because the Epstein ones are funny. Yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. Because he's a fucking pedophile, the guy strangled. That's hilarious. Yeah. That shit's funny, bro. Like, that's what it is. Like, there's an air and dark humor in it. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Klon. I'm Joseph Hardy. And I'm Alex Sahori. We're coming to you from the studios at The Fledge in Lansing, Michigan. As we tape this, it is Sunday, November 3rd, and thanks for joining us this week. Uh, I thought we'd start today's show by taking a look at this article from the Detroit Free Press. Uh, it's talking about... Uh, Basically, uh, law enforcement is trying to grapple with the new marijuana regulations. Uh, as most of, I'm sure everyone here knows, uh, Michigan uh, Michigan voters uh, voted by referendum last fall to legalize recreational marijuana. And just a couple days ago, uh, the state began accepting applications from businesses to uh, to start selling it. So basically, uh, this article reads, you know, uh, as the state begins accepting applications for recreational marijuana business licenses Friday, local police departments already are tackling issues ranging from complaints about marijuana's pungent aroma to preparing for an expected increase in high driving. Uh, Police departments across the state have been dealing with issues surrounding marijuana enforcement for years, both in the black market and since Michigan legalized medical marijuana in 2008. Uh, but the new recreational landscape with the impending widespread availability of pot has departments evaluating <laughs> what law enforcement looks like going forward. Here in this article, uh, it says uh, uh, police departments, which have long been training to recognize the signs of high drivers, are preparing for more marijuana users on the road. There are a couple of dozen drug recognition experts in Metro Detroit police departments who can be called on when a suspected drugged driver is stopped. These officers have received advanced training to recognize the signs of a driver who's under the influence of cannabis. I'm calling bullshit. Yeah, absolute (laughs) bullshit. Yeah, like every single test that they've been 
that they use, whether it's drug recognition experts or um, these tests that spot test the actual drug itself on the spot, or these um, these mouth swabs that I, I believe they're running a pilot program for, um, all of them just have a, an awful, awful trend of false positives mm-hmm. to where people are just like thrown in jail and, you know, pressured into taking plea deals off a of bad test while they actually test at the actual lab. Um, I think it's awful. I, I think that, you know, we have to move away from. You know, any regulation is good regulation, especially when you attach, you know, a criminal sanction to it, to where you're going to throw someone in jail. Um, so, you know, th- this is this is definitely worrisome. And something I just have to say about the uh, people calling about the pungent or calling the cops about the pungent aroma of marijuana. OK, those people need to be thrown in jail. OK, those people <laughs> need to be fucking thrown in jail. Like, imagine calling the cops like because you smell weed in your hallway and it's legal. Like, you know, I've, I've smelled such awful things in like the various apartments I've lived I've lived in. And I would never, ever call the cops like, you know, people just have too much time. Like, if if. If it bothers you, it's against the lease. Call your landlord, or do something. But you know, police have better fucking things to do. Than well, here, the here's the thing: the smell of hallways. Here's the thing: according to this article, uh, most police departments are saying, like, now because now it's legal. If we get a call about like a smell in, like, you know, from someone's from someone's house, like, we can't really do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what do you want? What do you want us to do? Like. <laughs> I mean, that really is the biggest issue, weed becoming legal, is that, uh, I'm sorry, hold on, let me just, uh, it's, it's like on vibrate, I don't know why it's doing that. Alright. No, that really is the biggest issue, uh, with smoking weed, or, um, not with smoking weed, but with weed being legal right now, is that you're gonna have a bunch of people named Karen, Cheryl, and <laughs> Tammy just <laughs> heads exploding. The, the Legion of Doom. <laughs> and, like, the thing is, like, um, cigarette smoke bothers the fuck out of me, you know, but what I, like, call the cops are you know, even really say anything unless they're like blowing it like in my face. Like, no, it's, mm-hmm. you know, just fucking deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's, what's super weird is like, I, I don't smoke weed anymore. I used to quite a lot. Like, like I was a huge stoner for a few years, but I, I, I stopped smoking it like a few years ago. Cause just cause I, I stopped enjoying it. Like it started affecting mm-hmm. me adversely. Um, but still to this day though, I really enjoy the smell of marijuana. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it still smells really, really nice. So I don't know what the fuck these people are complaining about yeah and um you know so you, you can free up some resources like just right like with that but just doing that because i think that you know a lot of uh older white women are using police's customer service it's the ultimate can i speak to your manager yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the cops are just like shrugging their shoulders like what the fuck you want me to right. <laughs> motherfucker is legal <laughs> yeah. no, but, but it, this is just um it is concerning. Like, um, I I guess I wonder kind of uh, what has been going on, like places like Colorado or other places where, where that have like uh, legalized uh, recreational marijuana. Um, but also just like in places where like there's like diversity and stuff like that too. Like, if because usually more often than not, these kind of like tests and codes are just kind of like means in which to target like uh african americans or other uh disenfranchised minorities in whichever area well i mean the trends in um both seattle uh not seattle but washington and california are both very similar as to where 
the total number of arrests um, for marijuana goes da- go down. But you know, there's still criminal sanctions attached to you know things. You know, owning more than you know, only uh, having more than the amount that you're about to grow. You know, owning more plants than you're allowed to uh, than you're allowed to have. You know, things like that. So the total arrests seem to go down. But a curious trend is that the percentage of uh, minorities who are arrested for drug offenses actually goes up. Um, so even though the raw totals are going down, um, the actual inequality from, um, the drug war is actually, um, getting worse. Um, you know, there's just not, not enough, not enough things to arrest and charge people for, but the people who are being charged with, you know, some of these things, um, it's definitely being, it's definitely favoring, um, you know, white, white, white citizens a lot more. Well, in this, uh, free, this free press article quotes, uh, who, someone who I think is either a sheriff or an officer with the police department. Uh, who said um, who said that sometimes that the city sometimes gets information that a resident is growing more than the allowed number of plants in their homes and the department's special investigation unit will check it out but quote unless we receive a complaint or something we can't go we can't go out and knock on every door and check yeah and like why would you I, I feel like you know even even police like is someone who's in, not a fan of police officers admittedly it's like you know there's do do, you, do they want to be knocking and like you could do this all day like you could literally have a, you could literally yeah. have like a group of thousands of officers for like a city like Lansing and they could do this every fucking day. <laughs> also, I mean, hey, also, are you growing more pot than you're supposed to? Also, no, okay, completely, un- completely unpolicable. Yeah, yeah. No, not only would it be just like stupid and a waste of time, and you'd look dumb doing it, right? But it's also so dangerous like yeah you know, every time like you know thinking about like you know wa- walking up and uh you know and going door to door in like a majority black neighborhood mm-hmm. like that's gonna scare some people probably exactly and you know um yeah that it sort of it sort of reminds me of like how there's still like sodomy laws in the books uh in like a lot of different states it's like yeah how you gonna police that you're just gonna knock on like every bedroom hey anyone fucking each other on the ass over here <laughs> you know <laughs> are you gonna be able to find some people that would love to do that absolutely but are, are most cops gonna want to do that absolutely not Fuck no. <laughs> right so i mean like one of the biggest concerns um has been like how the police are you know how the police are like identifying people who are driving under the influence of marijuana because one of the things that they've been trying to do are these like cheek swabs yeah. um which uh it's pretty as as far as i know it's pretty inconclusive as to like how effective they actually are because the issue is that thc will stay in your system a lot longer than alcohol will exactly um, so there's a good chance that you cheek swab someone and it'll show like thc in their system but uh it could be from three days it could ago. be from like three days ago yeah the argument against that is that the, the cheek swabs will not pick up like um older use from more more than a few hours ago but the research on that is just it's very sparse it's super mm-hmm. sparse compared to you know breathalyzers and you know um the all the other met, you know drug recognition right drugs. well some police departments are opting to do like draw blood samples yeah. Which, uh, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, the thing was, the, these DR, these DREs, you know, the, these direct recognition experts, um, that basic, so many basic things that are not, um, inebriation can cause you to fail one of those tests. Like, have you been driving? You know, have you been driving a long time? You're, you know, cause you're, you know, are your eyes bloodshot because you're tired? You know, um, uh, you do have do you have marijuana in your car, but you you haven't smoked it, but is in your car, you know, and they can smell it. So, I mean, there needs to be 
some definite more um, legislation written to tackle these issues because, you know, um, I, no one really wants, you know, just everyone on the on the road, you know, to be blazed as fuck. But mm-hmm. also we need to know, like, at what point does being high become a danger, you know, because with alcohol, alcohol is not zero tolerance. Um, you know, you can have up to, you know, 0. 0, 0, 0, 0.08. Is it 0.07, 0.08? 0.08. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can have up to, up to that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, we've determined, you know, based on scientific studies that, you know, this is, um, it's dangerous after this <laughs> level. So, you know, I don't support a, a zero tolerance policy where it's like, hey, well, you know, we found, you know, this cheese swab came back. So you're going to jail. It's like, okay, have you actually been able to prove that it affected, you know, affected you? Because mm-hmm. if we do the same thing for alcohol, I mean, m- most of the population, most of the drinking age population, would be would be in jail. You know, like you know, if you have one beer, okay, let's let's take you away. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. But yeah, I mean, what what it really seems like for right now is, and according to this article, lots of police police departments are basically they're trying to be kind of hands off as hands off about this as they can until they get further guidance from the legislature or until like more of this stuff gets dealt with in the courts you know or you know they're just like stay hands off that, like, could that be a thing can you just, yeah like, like stay hands off indefinitely <laughs> that would be cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh we have to solve some rapes and murders oh no <laughs> So moving on to the 2020 race, um, boo! <laughs> hey man, we're less than a hundred days away from the Iowa caucus. No more elections. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Well, um, uh, former Texas representative Beto O'Rourke has finally dropped out. Uh, fucking took him long enough. We, we need a, We need a drop for that, like a, the Hunger Games canon or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> for, for every one of these canons uh, yeah, yeah. that drops out. Uh, I mean, Beto certainly is probably an up a tier higher than some of these people who are still in the race, but. I mean, they're all kind of dead weight here. I mean, so John Delaney hasn't—he hasn't officially dropped out yet. Wait, he wasn't what? even. In, yeah, he was. <laughs> as far as I know, John Delaney is still in the race, and he—he's—he ha- hasn't even been in like the last two debates. <laughs> I completely forgot about John Delaney. <laughs> so did I. So did it, so did everyone. So, so did Delaney's mom. You know, like, <laughs> I mean. It, Personally, I love John Delaney uh, because he's such he's such an easy punching bag. Yeah. He's so much fun <laughs> to make fun of. Yeah, it's, it's good to see a center just get just get gang stomped, you know, right. on, on stage. <laughs> um, that's that's always fun to watch. Uh, yeah, with, with Beto, um, he's another one. When the race started back in January, there were so many different Obamas coming out. Hey, we got a uh, black female Obama, Kamala. You know, we got uh, we got white Obama, Beto. You know, we got. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping that like after after this election, the media will finally stop asking who's going to be the next Obama. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like Obama's kind of just like a once in a generation kind of charismatic figure. Um, yeah. I really don't think that uh trying to be the next obama is like a path for democrats going forward not just because you know no one's going to be able to match the charisma of obama but just like the circumstance of his presidency the uh financial crash uh which was you know like we like we kind of just we underestimate how like ginormously like huge that was it like, crashed during the primary right yeah. yeah and and uh 
you know, it also just um, uh, the the Republicans just just being completely as partisan as they've ever been before. Like, there's really never been a like period in our history since like the Civil War where it's been like so partisan like this. So, like, when you have like that kind of gridlock in Washington, you it gives like you you need a fundamental change now. You need like a completely different kind of thing going forward, and that's what's going to like win you elections. And that's kind of what Donald Trump kind of fed into, which and Democrats need to catch up on that because if they don't, we're going to get in trouble. They just keep mm-hmm. re- re- reheating the same leftovers and yeah. just serving them to the American people, and then you know telling the American people if you don't like these freaking warmed over eight euro leftovers, then you're a fucking <laughs> Russian sympathizer. And right, uh, yeah. why do you love Putin? <laughs> well, you know, like the last several years, the Republican Party has been drifting further and further and further towards Nazism and, you know, white nationalism. And you have yeah. the the Democrats, a lot of the Democrats still like trying to like find the middle ground between. Yeah, them. between Nazis and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That kind of like, um, I don't know if you guys like watched any of those Politicon debates. I hate myself. So I watched like a couple of them. Absolutely not. It, watch, wait, watch what? The Politicon debates. I would never Politicon ever, debates. Ever. I'm not familiar with. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, like Tommy Lahren like debated. Anna Kasparian. Yeah, I heard really? about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. And it was I, I'll get drunk and watch that with y'all, but I'm, that's not something I'll do. Like, maybe it, we can do like a live stream of one of those. It was hilarious because like you had Tommy Lahren freaking out about Antifa and then five minutes later defending her stance like you're not going to take away our guns because we need our guns to defend ourselves un- against the invasion at the border. And and so Anna Kasparian goes, all right, if, you're, if you think your Second Amendment right uh, is warranted for that. Do you think in that? Do you think that it, it's because it's a major threat in our country? Do you believe that white nationalism is a major threat to our country, or right wing extremism is a major threat to our country? Not according and, to the FBI. And Tommy Lahren goes, "Yeah." And then she goes, "All right, well, just maybe you want Second Amendment, uh, you know, supporting, you know, against." Uh, Right-wing extremism, and then like, well, she didn't say that, but that was like, you know, I hope everybody in the audience caught that, like mm. the kind of uh, debate moderator kind of like took things over. But I really wish that you know that kind of would have been a uh, the people they fleshed need, out. I can guarantee the people they needed to catch that did not. No, <laughs> right, right, you know, <laughs> yeah, like while Antifa is like you know completely uh, unarmed and stuff, like they want to be able to arm themselves against like. Uh, immigrants. It is, it is now. It is now a verifiable fact that uh, gender reveal parties have killed more people than anti-fascists. Yeah. yeah. What the? Can we, can we talk about that for a second? Apparently, a gender reveal party. Someone made a pipe bomb by accident. <laughs> Wait, is that really? What that's a hundred percent real. That's a hundred percent real. I don't know why, but they decided <laughs> this gender. These, this couple that was doing a gender reveal party uh, decided to stage some kind of explosion. I'm not sure what the fuck for, but the explosion, like the debris, like killed a person. It killed the grandmother, I think, of the family. Yeah, yeah like yeah, a yeah. grandmother or an aunt or something. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Just like, like, look me in the eye and tell me that there's a difference between satire and reality, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Kind of going back to Beto, though, you know what I think this also kind of like uh, signifies as well is that. Um, yeah, March for Our Lives, sorry, but, like, guns, they're just always going to be, like, a part... Like, we're so past it. Like, it's just... 
it really does kind of suck. But like, you know, as soon as Beto said, we're going to like, damn right, we're going to take our guns plummeted. And, you know, he's not getting any support from the Democrats anymore. And now, like, you know, that's why he's dropping out. That's why he's dropping out. He's not the cent- he's not a centrist golden boy anymore. Now he's just like a bomb thrower. Yeah, well, I mean, he was only he only appeared to be great because he was running against Ted Cruz, who everyone fucking hates. Right. It's like, you know, you, you put this, p- this person in a different setting and you, you see exactly like how just unqualified he is um, on every front, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I do I do hope that he does uh, run against Ted Cruz again because, you know, it was it was a pretty close race. John Cornyn. He's got a chance yeah. to he, I, does he, he still have a chance. Con- well, he's confirmed that he's not running for Senate, which is so stupid. Like this guy, like literally quoted Mussolini like a few months ago. Not that's not even Cornyn? a joke. Yeah. Cornyn literally quoted Mussolini and it was like, this guy's really great. Wow. <laughs> Weird. Well, well, I mean, we, you got Democrats that still quote Henry Kissinger, so I mean, <laughs> you know, we're <laughs> big fan of our big fan of our war criminals uh, in right. the American political spectrum. Um, well, when Beto dropped out, I was uh, I was really happy to see like all these uh, all these old tweets resurfacing. Uh, oh no! Like, uh, <laughs> like there was uh, someone who tweeted uh, like uh, shortly after Beto had jumped in the race. Uh, Beto's day one fundraising uh, numbers show that he that Bernie Sanders is old news. <laughs> oh my! I remember Ooh. those day one fundraising numbers. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. And then it came out like a week later that the fundraising numbers were the like fundraising. the the fundraising yeah. numbers are like leftovers from like his uh, war uh, chest for his Senate run, yeah. and he yeah. just like shuffled that into his presidential run, making it look like you know he made like a bunch of money in the first day fundraiser oh geez no but yeah i i saw those tweets too i thought those are like incredibly hilarious mm-hmm. all the people who were like yeah beto was just it's over yeah, yeah. <laughs> like someone someone asked who do you think is like underestimated in their chances to beat trump or something like that and nate silver said beto yeah like he didn't even make it to 2020, man. Like <laughs> if you didn't make it to the year of the election, then you were completely unviable. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, the the best though was like you know this relationship that they like uh, made to Sanders, and they're like, oh, he's like gonna attract uh, young uh, white voters that Sanders was able <laughs> to uh, coalesce. Yeah, and it was just incredibly just dumb. They have zero <laughs> feel for anything. They are so bad at political analysis. It's, it's ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. all you got to do is take like one peek at Twitter or Facebook, you know, or go to uh, you know look look at the fucking protests in the streets, you know, <laughs> like look at look at any metric besides like the only the other people with you in New York, you know, or fucking Connecticut, where all those fucking studios are, you know, like that. Another reason I've said this be- I've said this before, but the, the the way Trump plays into like the coastal elitism, like the, he he definitely overblows it and he uses like like a right wing tint to it, but. I'll, a lot of that is true about like liberals in like New York and fucking Connecticut just like living in their own fucking bubble right. and having no idea. They're just what, like the average, fu- yeah, just like what the working average working class fucking person is like. What every per- every person at every person at Sunday brunch at the country club, um, freaking loves a booty gag. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, like, these are the same people who are like convinced that that Sanders couldn't possibly win like Iowa or Minnesota because everyone who lives in those states are just Trump loving racists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which, you know, as, as we, I think every election has shown that, you know, pe- people's, people's beliefs are a lot more malleable, I think, than you think. And 
the media plays on that to their advantage but they like to act like that exact same phenomenon is not possible if you were to like give them actual leftist policy actual medicare for all actual you know living wage like no 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 no, no. it's impossible it's impossible to get people to support you know not die from cancer um (laughs) we shouldn't even discuss it don't ask again (laughs) but everything else is on the table (laughs) well it's been said on the show before i think it might have been alex i can't remember who but uh Someone said, if if Donald Trump can dunk on you and it's really, really funny, you probably shouldn't be the Democratic nominee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and when Beto dropped out, uh, Trump, he tweeted, oh, no, Beto just dropped out of the race for president despite him saying he was, quote, born for this. I don't think so. <laughs> exactly. No, you know who's even happier? You know who's even happier than Trump about Beto dropping out was Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think Pete Buttigieg's like next villain is? And he's like Beto, like, you know, just kind of level one and now he's got to like beat the boss Joe Biden? Like, is that kind of like... I, I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be Kamala just, or, or which we're going to get to in uh, in a sec, but just because yeah. the, pers- the, person think- the person who's most desperate is, is definitely the one that throws the bombs at the next debate because they have nothing to lose. Do you think she's not She's not going to be throwing them at Pete, though, I don't believe. I think she's going to be throwing them at Elizabeth Warren. I think anyone's on the table, honestly. Yeah. Well, did you did you see, apparently, in an interview uh, with Buttigieg, he said uh, he... He said that he sees the the primary now as a two-way race between him and Warren. Which is interesting. Yeah, but and I can't remember who the who article was from. Buttigieg said this. It's wow. a two ra- two way race between him and Warren. In this article, idiot. which I think was a was an NBC article, like an MSNBC article, um, it did not mention Sanders' name once throughout the entire or thing. Biden. He pulls like he pulls worse than Biden. The only three people that I think have any chance to become president are Biden, Warren, and Sanders. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just that's me trying to be objective as possible. I don't even fucking like Biden, but I do still think he has a legitimate chance to be fucking president unfortunately but i think those are the those are the only I think, three I, I think if he wins the nomination he's gonna lose the trump dude yeah, yeah. you you put joe biden on a debate stage with trump i'm scared <laughs> as fuck <laughs> like dude like because his making not making sense just like doesn't look as good as trump's not making sense yeah it's, i mean trump is an incoherent lunatic but his supporters love him for it yeah, yeah exactly and he like just feeds them red meat and he just says these fucking catchphrases and they fucking lap it up like fucking seals like <laughs> like that's just not gonna be the case for fucking democrats and that's not gonna get fucking democrats out to vote for like joe biden at all nope nope i'm, I'm really interested in how the uh the southern states are going to go because Hillary just had that, you know, that it's that true firewall of the South in the primary um, just because of Clinton's name recognition. But I just don't think Biden's going to have nearly as strong, strong a showing as Clinton, especially with a crowded field. Right. I feel like especially because, you know, you have like stories out coming out recently about how like the biden team is planning on losing iowa and new hampshire like they lose iowa and new hampshire and they just rely on this southern firewall like don't you think that between like you know the early states and uh the you know southern primaries and super tuesday that you're going to like see people questioning this electability argument that joe biden has like they're just not going to be they're just not going to be able to believe anymore that Joe Biden is the most electable democrat and they'll move because of that not just black voters but just like voters in general yeah 
um, remains to be seen because as we've seen with 2016, you know, they'd rather black out anything and just go down with the ship and take the entire fucking country with them. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Poll after poll after poll shows Sanders just like obliterating Trump. You a know? lot of pollsters are coming out saying now that they think it's going to be a contested convention. Which well, is scary yeah, it, to think about. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty I've, I've been saying this from the beginning. It's going to be a brokered convention. My my theory, uh, which I've had since the beginning of this year, I think that Sanders is going to win a plurality of delegates. He's not going to win a majority, but he's going to win a plurality. But because he doesn't win a majority, it's going to go to a brokered convention, and the superdelegates are going to swing it over to like Warren or Biden, whoever they think, whoever they can consolidate their support behind. I can see, I can say that too. That uh, that would, that would be the ultimate. Just like fuck you, like even more than twenty sixteen. So yeah, and I and I I, I put nothing past um the people running the uh, the DNC right now. So yeah, if anyone thought that like the the convention in Philly in twenty sixteen was a shit show, uh, the convention in Milwaukee next year is going to be a riot. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, we're back in the Midwest. I mean, the last time that happened was Chicago, and you know Milwaukee's not that far away. Nineteen sixty eight Redux. <laughs> is that really the last time a Democratic convention has been in the Midwest? No, not it's, no. It's not. The t- I, I don't think so. But it's the last time that there was a brokered convention. Oh, yeah. Right. When that's the Chicago police about. just beat a shit ton of protesters bloody, and it was mm-hmm. it was bad. So, you know, look forward to that. <laughs> the the plus side the plus side is though that I, I take the bar exam a week after the convention. So if I get killed if I get killed at the convention, I want I want to take the, yeah. the I want to take it. So yeah, I mean, I, I've, <laughs> I've been I've been saying for a while now. Like I didn't run as a delegate next like in 2016 to the convention. I might do it next year. I'm not yeah. sure yet. But either way, I'm either going to be on the I'm either going to be punching out delegates on the convention floor, or I'm going to be in the streets of Milwaukee <laughs> punching out cops. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just make sure to wear our shirt, uh, Stay of the Revolution. If you want to donate, give us, give us your money. <laughs> uh, bail money. Yeah, donate whatever. to our bail fund. <laughs> <laughs> we got our CIA handlers to do that for us. <laughs> yeah, it's Soros, uh, Soros' checks have not cleared recently, so we're just... <laughs> Speaking of Soros' checks, Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> it's been reported pretty widely. Uh, since uh, a couple days ago, Senator Kamala Harris's campaign has almost completely shuttered its New Hampshire campaign uh, with no visible activity at any of her offices in the state. Uh, the campaign confirmed it is largely abandoning, abandoning New Hampshire, keeping only a skeleton crew and canceling an upcoming visit. Harris will not file in person to be on the ballot, a tradition that garners local media attention. A spokesman for her campaign says uh, the campaign has made a a strategic decision to realign resources to go all in on Iowa, resulting in office closures and staff realignments and reductions in New Hampshire. I actually think this is probably a good move. It shows that, you know, she's really desperate. Yeah, it is a good move. I mean, yeah, it's a good move for her. Yeah. Like to like basically keep hanging on by thread. But. I mean, she's got to come. If she if she if she doesn't overtake Buttigieg somehow, just like change all these people's minds somehow. I don't know how that's gonna happen, but like she's got no chance. Yeah, you know? I mean, at f- at first, like at, at first, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, I, was, I thought she was gonna be like a rising star, and now it seems like her campaign is a dying star, right? Slowly imploding on itself. Yep. 
I could not be more happy. Listen, if if you if you if you can't poll number one in your home state, you should just drop out. We should make that <laughs> we, we should make that one of the next in in the next batch of amendments. So, you know, and whenever whenever we get number twenty eight, twenty nine, number thirty, you know, one of them should be. If you're not polling high enough in your state, you know, you, you, you got to go. <laughs> is Andrew Yang still polling ahead of her in California? I don't know, but that's Last time fucking hilarious. <laughs> the Yang Gang, for oh, dude. The Yang Gang is probably a more serious candidate than Buttigieg. The thing is, Jesus like, fucking Christ, like, Kamala is just not. You know, she she reeks of a climber. You know, she's a freaking awful liar. Uh, she. It's always laughing at her own jokes. She's <laughs> yeah, she completely wooden. You know, every every one of her like uh, like so, something that I hate even more than like scripted speeches is scripted unscripted moments. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Which she has a lot of. Yeah. It's just, just at, so like, many. Every fucking debate she <laughs> like has like a moment that like the media just completely fawns over. It's like you you guys know that like she she scripted this. Yeah, yeah. She already has the fucking shirts she, ready. She scripted it to sound unscripted, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah. It, it was literally poll tested. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, Kamala. Uh, I guess you know we talked about this in the last debate. Kamala, she's kind of losing you know her footing especially you know when she was like, talking about you know uh terms of service on twitter and uh at the last debates right i mean after that just like i don't i don't i really i i just don't i i, I don't know where she can come back from that i don't like she i guess she just qualified for this um uh iowa uh event that tulsi gabbard like didn't qualify for so like, there's like been a uh, heat on that on Twitter, yeah. which I think is kind of funny. I feel, I feel also that like, um, if you're a minority running for president or not as president, but any type of seat, like leaning heavily on your identity is usually a, a, a sign of your lack of um, qualifieds elsewhere. Like, if you have policy, you know, use that. Like. Obama, when he he ran, I, f- I felt he tried to do everything he could to to avoid that. Even though the the media would would, would put it, you know, would put it on, but he, that's because he had, you know, he had the charisma, he had, mm-hmm. you know, the you know the oratory skills, you know. At the time, you know, oh eight Obama, oh seven Obama had the great had some great policy. You yeah, know, he, had, I mean, he campaigned you know? <laughs> so much further left than he actually governed. Yeah, yeah, he campaigned and that's super how, that's left. That's partially how he got into fucking office. Oh, I yeah. mean, he campaigned against the war, whereas Hillary Clinton was pretty much for the war. Yeah, yeah, war's good. I is, mean, is that so not- <laughs> that was like basic. That was that was the defining policy in two thousand and eight. Now the dividing policy is Medicare for all or Green New Deal. You know, it's stuff like that. Like these people just have to like get with the times and uh, you know, do things the new populist way, like a wealth tax, yeah. which is like popular amongst fucking Republicans, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like if he, it's so funny cuz Fox News has, has done this multiple times where they uh they 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 send out a poll and then they'll, you know, hey, do you guys like social security? Do you guys like wealth tax? And they'll come back like their viewers are like super uh, super in favor of wealth tax, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> it's like, oh, he, um <laughs> Yeah, there was a there was a poll conducted earlier this year that showed that even amongst Republicans Green New Deal like has like very wide support. Like it's yeah. like it's actually really popular amongst Republicans.
Republicans too. Yeah, yeah because you know all these people, what people don't realize is that Republicans before there was like this whole right to work like push, uh, you know this like this media propaganda push. Like all these red states are heavily unionized. Like where's Virginia, Kentucky, you know Ohio, you know. You know, union organization and like fighting for your worker rights is a a big thing all throughout the Rust Belt. So for Democrats to not try and, you know, latch onto that, you know, something that's both historically true and, you know, true for the present with all these strikes that are going on, it is lunacy. You know, you know, you know, you don't beat the Republicans by adopting half the Republican ideas. That's just fucking ridiculous. God, I. I'm. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm almost glad I watched some of that Politicon stuff because you want to know what I heard a bunch. And this is this is like what you know the counter argument to uh, our argument is the, what the liberals have is that you look at the wave in 2018. The reason why we had that wave was electing people like Kamala Harris. It was electing a uh, woman of color mostly, or woman or woman of color. And it was uh, electing people who were like in like professional, uh, either military or like prosecutors or stuff like that. Yeah, that's li- that was literally the lab tested um, candidate that they like tried to copy and paste everywhere. Yeah, females, f- females, female, female CIA spooks and prosecutors. Right, and then Ooh, yay, and then what? Progress. And, and then what they did was, and what they won't tell you this was that in swing districts where, uh, you know, the the establishment candidate lost in the primary and the populist candidate won, almost all those places in those swing districts were completely abandoned by the D Triple C. Completely abandoned in swing districts, even though the GCCC said that they were going to target swing districts in 2018. Mm. So, like, that's that that, that's really and and they'll be like, oh, well, name a name a justice Democrat that uh, won in a swing district or name a populist Democrat that won in a swing district. And then it's just like, well, you want to know what you guys don't support them. The only candidates you support are these cookie cutter laboratory uh, candidates that aren't going to work in in the future. They just aren't. No, and you know the the stuff that is going to work. You know the uh, the AOCs, the Rashidas, you know the Ilhans. uh, They will attack. They they will attack them over Trump. They will focus all most of their energy. And just attacking the left flank over and over and over again and saying, you know, their brand of politics won't work in the Midwest. Most of them are from the Midwest, yo. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Minnesota and Michigan? The Midwest. Right. <laughs> okay. So, like, so the, the people who are so controlling the money and pulling the strings are completely, you know, only using feminism just to, you know, try and protect, you know, the, the their corporate donor class that, you know, keep, that keeps them elected. Um, when it comes to, you know, women of color that challenge that power dynamic, you know, these people are un-American, you know, and she just won because she uh, got elected in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Like and, and and apparently you know Michigan and Minnesota are just like you know these uh super they might as well be Oregon you know I right. fucking wish it was more like we're we're working towards you know getting uh more progressive people in there but this is Michigan is a surprisingly conservative state you know and you know a lot of people don't know like the state politics here are like especially like segregationist it is really crazy oh yeah I mean Detroit you know is uh. 
either either number one is either one or one of the top three most segregated metro areas um, in the country. You know, there's none of the state, none of the most segregated areas are really in the South. Like in, you know, because the fact of segregation in areas like Chicago and Detroit and, uh, you know, Milwaukee. You know, I've just been so much more effective. Um, and, you know, you got the centrists, like the Rah- Rahm Emanuel, you know, just, per- per- you know, per- perpetuating this shit. Front of the show. <laughs> yeah, front, front of the show, Rahm Emanuel. <laughs> yeah, we got to put that in the shirt, too. <laughs> Paid for by a friend of the show, Rahm Emanuel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, and that's 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 part of Obama's legacy. Look at all the fucking people he left us with, you know, in his way. He didn't leave us with like he he was not sending his best, you know. He he put <laughs> he put together uh, who's the fucking uh, chair of the DNC, Tom Perez. Tom Perez, yeah. you know, mug. he's you know Keith Ellison was cruising towards you know being the, the chair. Then Obama forced Perez to run. He gave you know he gave us Debbie Wasserman Schultz. You know, he gave us uh, Rob Emanuel, Rob Emanuel, former Obama chief of staff of the White House. You know, he's given us all these awful, awful, awful people. And it's like, yeah, we're going to say, you know, Obama is a friend to, you know, the black community, my, you know, my community. When I see Rob Emanuel covering up the Kwame McDonald shooting, no, it's not. It's not working for me, and, and I don't want to see. I don't want to see a racist capitalist, you know, with a white face, with a black face, with a gay face. You know, it's you know, you're just you're swapping out different masks. You know, like um, um, I can't even think of a movie, but it's it's awful. Face off. With face John off. <laughs> I, yeah, actually, I would give me the John Travolta Nick Cage ticket from uh, <laughs> playing their characters from Face <laughs> Off. <laughs> I would take that over Beto. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I guess it's only a matter of time before Kamala Harris falls in Beto's footsteps. Yeah, who, who do we think is going to be next? What do you guys think? Ooh, I usually ask well, it depends. This uh, Thank you. I can't even. I can't even remember all the people who are still in it. Uh, Delaney. <laughs> he's not going to drop out, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be. He's going to be running. He's going to the very end. He'll <laughs> real run as an independent just to, just to split the vote against Bernie yeah. Sanders. I know for a fact that John Delaney would rather have four more years of Trump down Bernie Sanders president. Well, I think, I think most top Democrats would actually. Yeah. Which is scary to think about. Okay, let me yeah. let me try and do this from memory without like looking at my phone. Okay, so we got Klobuchar, uh Who you Kamala. Just sent us, you just sent us a link about Klobuchar, yeah, which is yeah, really Yeah, go weird. ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and read that up cuz I, I definitely got something to say about that uh so soon. Yeah, um, you got I Klobuchar, guess, you I got I guess she uh, earmarked like uh money from where? Y- yeah. So, according to this not. article yeah. from the Intercept, Senator Amy Klobuchar once requested a $500,000 earmark for Minnesota Teen Challenge, an uh-huh. anti an anti LGBT ministry that claims that Halloween, Harry Potter, and Pokemon are gateway drugs are are gateways to drug addiction. <laughs> Via <laughs> you know, you're one day you're out playing Pokemon Go with your friends. Next, next thing you know, you're you know, in the main line of eight ball right into your right into your fucking arm. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> the Minnesota senator has sought the earmark, referring to the now shunned practice of lawmakers uh, diverting federal cash to their pet projects. With former Republican Representative Jim Ramstad, a and Democratic Representative Keith Ellison. In early 2008, 
according to her website captured by the Internet Archive's Wayback Machine. Klobuchar uh, requested the money for Minnesota Teen Challenges Know the Truth program to expand their drug prevention education efforts for teenagers for fiscal year 2009. One pamphlet put out by the organization, first captured by the Wayback Machine in 2009, the year Klobuchar's earmarks sought to fund, uh, called Halloween, quote, a day set up totally for Satan, adding that the that the more people who go out dressed up like demons, ghosts, witches, and goblins, the more glory Satan receives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> um, I don't know why you guys are laughing, because this stuff is going to kill it with Ross Douthat readers. No, nah, that's actually too niche. Who? No one's going to even get that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like uh, the occult people are really scared about it. And, you know, Amy Klobuchar is definitely going to get a bump. She's not going anywhere. So we don't have to worry about that. Now, one of my one of my one of my issues here is that, you know, they're saying, uh, you know, they would come back to a they would come back. Drug dealers were out in full force. You know, this this organization talking about Halloween drug dealers were out in full force. We would try to we would all try to recruit at least one person to come back to a satanic meeting. Usually we would just try to impress them with different displays of demonic power like levitation and casting spells so you know this is a pamphlet apparently quoting some like narc from the satanic meeting my issue is you just discovered magic existed and <laughs> you said nothing this is the most crazy discovery in the history in the history of even history all right <laughs> we can levitate shit and you're not you're not ecstatic is that the best thing you've ever fucking heard the devil. Yeah, like where's that, that Facebook tagging group? You know, conservatives threatening us with a good time again. You know, right. like, you know that's what I always think of. Right. <laughs> that reminds me of like when the one um, like I forget Republican was like, "You're gonna have lesbian taco trucks." <laughs> 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 oh no, <laughs> not that, lesbian taco trucks. I mean, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not literal magic. Oh no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for my Hogwarts letter. Okay, right, right. <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> I just this is it's just so fucking weird, man. Because like every year you get you get like you know parents who are concerned about their kids getting poisoned through their candy, but no, these people are concerned about their kids like falling into Satanism. <laughs> I think Fortnite is gonna make kids like fall into furrydom. See that? <laughs> I can see that only because uh, the furries are completely chaotic and we do not sure what is the cause so fortnite's right. good as causes any <laughs> I'm, dude like do you see like uh on fortnite like the, the little characters they got they're like some of them are like and and anthropomorphic like kind of I, I see like mainstream like i'll see like uh an animal like uh, in like a mainstream like tv show like an nbc or something and but I'm they're like, meant to look sexy too uh, which is weird yeah yeah it is weird it's i <laughs> i furs, do not like it the furs are sneaking into like mainstream content and i do not like it like, no. <laughs> if i ever run for public office which i i probably will not but if i do i will run on a firm anti-furry platform <laughs> <laughs> let me let me be clear furries are an abomination yeah and they have no place in our society yeah, yeah we're we already got the camps built. Immigrants out, furries in. All right. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> 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 
I don't I, I, I don't know what I started here, but I'm, I'm here I'm here for it. Yeah, I don't know how we got on the subject. <laughs> no, but like, and so this is a Klobuchar, and and this is in addition to her refusing to you know back Medicare for all, still refusing to back any of these um, reforms. Like, why is she running for president? I I don't get it because she's she's been anti-gay marriage she's been you know anti-halloween which <laughs> why is she running as a democrat yeah. right, right. <laughs> so last week uh house democrats voted to formalize the impeachment inquiry uh against donald trump and uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Alex, you want to take the lead on this? I, I don't really care. Um, okay. Well, there's just kind of one point I want to make before we even start. Um, a lot of hay has been made about the process of this impeachment. You guys know, like, if you guys listen often, you guys know how I feel about impeachment. I'm not really somebody who is go hung about it. I wish they were doing it on emoluments clause and other stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But that being said, this stuff is also very serious as well. And um, this, you know, hey, about the process is kind of all bullshit. (laughs) There is a good fucking reason why they're having closed hearings. It's because the Justice Department uh, refused to do these depositions beforehand which is usually what would happen, which is the Justice Department would d- 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 do a deposition, and that's how the Congress would get this information. They had to get the information themselves and get these depositions. And they had to do it in private in order uh, to make sure that these people aren't lining up their stories or, like, at least make it more difficult to do so. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's kind of the first thing. Uh, you know, these... I mean... You can just kind of go off and just say that, you know, the the Republicans, you know, whining about this shit. They're just being like crybabies. But it really makes me mad when you got like people like Tulsi Gabbard going on Tucker Carlson and being like, yeah, or Sean Handy or what have you. It was like, yeah, this shit is crazy. I wonder why they're not uh, doing. And I think I I forget who else it was that I saw, you know, repeating the same talking point. And I was just like, no, that that ain't it, chief. That's number one. Um, I guess what's really important about, uh, you know, them doing this is that this is really going to start and this is what's going to make everything public right now that they've gotten, they've collected all the information. They're going to start making all this stuff public, um, whether or not they do an impeachment vote before Christmas, which I think has been said publicly stated before by Pelosi don't know if we're going to get there. But if we get there, that'd be fantastic. Um, they really got to uh, get going, start doing these, uh, you know, hearings, these public hearings. And they got to make sure that um, they do not get caught up in uh, the Republicans trying to muddy up the waters. They need to be very unified in their messaging. And I mean, it would be uh, interesting if, you know, she held this vote. Um, you know, it got through before, after Christmas. And then instead of just, you know, having that one impeachment vote, she just had more and more impeachment votes on different stuff and just kept sending it to the, uh, to the Senate. I wonder if that's possible. You should have just at least a dozen. 
Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that's how it was done before. Like, they did it on article by article, one by one. Right. And mm-hmm. I, they, they, but they kind of did it, I believe, like all in one sitting or close to, I don't think they all, maybe not all in one sitting, but I'm, I don't think they're doing it in the same way that I'm describing it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I, I do question like what a lot of people are saying where it's like, oh, uh, you know, if we impeach, if we don't impeach him before like the election, won't that like be a bad thing? I'm, Wait, I just, what, what would be the purpose of trying to impeach him after the election? Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, so are, are they already preparing to lose the election? Is that <laughs> like, when, when he beats us in November, we should definitely impeach after that. Yeah. <laughs> this is the new strategy, guys. We're going to let him win. Six-dimensional chess. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Here's, I mean, in terms of impeachment, there's almost a certainty that the Democrats are going to lose on this issue because it's just going to die in the Senate. Well, what's yeah. In, what's that's, important that's is you got to having... lose well. well you got to lose good and like if the democrats don't know how to do that i mean that that's why i i'm having such a hard time following this like like i just i i just have very little interest in following something that where i already know what's going to happen like the democrat like the house is going to vote to impeach and then the senate is going to acquit him that's that's what's going to fucking happen right yeah but it is it is interesting because what we're seeing is the exact opposite of what happened during like the Clinton impeachment in the Clinton impeachment. You kind of saw like people entrenching themselves in support of Clinton. Even, you know, his support went up because people just kind of thought it was ridiculous. Um, in this case, it's his support is starting to dwindle. Like it really actually is like, there's going to be a 30% that never leaves. Donald Trump is about, but it, there's like 15 to 20 percent of the Republicans who are just like they're really embarrassed right now and they just are not very enthusiastic about this president. I think, I think that one of the big, biggest things is that you know they <clears throat> Trump was someone that they could see that could protect their investment and uh, they're seeing someone they just they can't do that anymore, you know. So I think that's why you see a lot of defect, you're gonna see some defections. It's not because they're they're any less racist or uh you know, just awful. He's like, Trump was just awful at being covertly racist. You know, that that's, that's literally all it is. That's why like, Hey, you know, yeah, you know, I'm going to, you know, you've seen like some defectors to uh from Republican to Democrat. Um, but it's just, it's never like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go from Trump to Bernie. Now I'm going to go from Trump to Warren. So I was like, I'm going to go from Trump to Klobuchar, you know, or, you know, that wing. Yeah. Who is that voter? Really? <laughs> yeah. That, that person exists. needs to be lobotomized. <laughs> <laughs> Again? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, what the fuck are you supposed to even, they probably don't even have like a frontal lobe. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. Is Trump support dropping? Because, I mean, from, from what I, from well, what yeah, I've Poland heard, does lie, then, you know. from <laughs> what I've heard, he, I mean, he's, his favorability amongst Republicans is still incredibly strong. Well, that's 100% the case, but what you got to understand is he's got a lot of support from independents as well. And it's those, it's actually that too. I really should have mentioned is it's the independents who were just done with him. And that's really kind of a 
where where we're at right now is he is he like he is like that that support is starting to shred uh, shed a little bit which is what the polls are indicating polls like the polls weren't really that wrong in 2016 a lot of people like try to like bag the polls but the thing is you got to understand how to read them and people don't really understand how to read them also it's you know um you just have to look at like all all you have to do is like win the three st- like the three to four states that you uh, uh, abandoned and <laughs> so it's like the, the fields like you know granted you know Hillary did win the popular vote like won the popular vote like in in a just world she'd, she'd be president because like the electoral college is fucking racist and just weighs you know votes completely in a in just the, world a, she wouldn't have gotten anywhere near yeah, the presidency yeah, that's true, okay. you know? yeah, in a just in a just world <laughs> you know what i'm just going to redact everything i want to say but <laughs> it is kind of say. Fu- it is kind of fucking bullshit like that our fucking president our commander in chief is still like determined by like this body that was basically a compromise for like slave owners and uh like uh, yep. industrial uh, magnates in the north, uh-huh. which is like totally fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's you know, with that you just have like you just need someone that's gonna you know do as good as Hillary and also able to win, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. You know, mm-hmm. these states that have not been red since Reagan. Like we're bare minimal, <laughs> just <laughs> just the absolute smallest, like you know, effort. But some of these can some of these candidates are so awful that I'm I'm not sure if that can happen. You know? I mean, it's really not fucking rocket science, right? Like you go to the Midwest and you say three things: you say you're against NAFTA and the trade deals, you say you're uh, against the wars, and you say. That you're going to create strong unions in those uh, states. And what happens? You'll fucking win. You will fucking beat the Republican every single goddamn time. But we have Democrats on Medicare for all, free public college, canceling out student tuition debt, all these things that will help the working class. Democrats are too fucking scared to run a ground, a, an actual ground game. They just want to fucking astroturf and throw money at elections. Yeah, and they, they'd rather fight the unions instead of like having the unions as your soldiers to fight for more economic rights. So when you do that, you're gonna you're gonna lose every fucking time. You know, especially in places where union support is the highest. You know, just like you know, this Wisconsin's, you know, the Michigan's, the Ohio's. You're not gonna win those being anti-union. You know, not when you know the entire big three. Um, you know, was on the verge of strike. Well, GM actually did strike, but mm-hmm. you know, um, on the verge of, of, stri- of striking at one point. Um, and you also got the, the teachers' union in Chicago striking. You know, you've had nurses' unions striking over the past uh, past year. You've had teachers' unions in West Virginia striking over the past year. You know, you've had so much union activity, so many people that are actively fighting rightfully for their workers' rights, and the Dems are like, yeah, maybe you can go fuck yourselves. You know, um, like, for example, uh, Chicago, I started to derail a little bit, but uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, um, Chicago um, Teachers Union were striking, you know, for all those weeks. Um, the one thing that was holding it uh, after they had already got the negotiations and, you know, the teachers had won, you know, so many of the, um, the things they're asking for. They were also demanding that, you know, we get back pay for these days that we've had to go on strike because we've had to go on strike to freaking fight y'all motherfuckers, mm-hmm. you know, so we you need to get paid for that time. And Lori Lightfoot. Um, was like, nope. Dem- de- sorry, Democrat. Democrat. Lori Lightfoot was like, nope, nope. F- 
fuck that. Like, yeah. why would you? She, she was 100% against it. And the Chicago, the Chicago teachers ended up winning that too. Fuck you. It's also worth mentioning that uh, Mayor Lightfoot basically ran a platform on like the teachers demands for right. the schools. Yeah, and then she gets into office and all of a sudden, oh, sorry, we don't have the money. Right, exactly. Just like so you know, like they they know this. They know that they can win elections doing this, but they think that they, like they can only get away with it in a place like Chicago where you're going to vote blue no matter who, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like that's what we got to fucking fight back against. Yeah. That's what we got to fight back well, against. Well, before we move on to the final segment, I just wanted to ask, did you guys see Michael Moore's bullshit? Um, from like a week or two ago, I I, no. I have a lot of respect for Michael Moore in, in specific instances. The only thing I saw was that he that he endorsed Bernie. That was like the only thing. Well, I no, saw what speaking I, of Bernie endorsements, like Ellen Omar uh, just had that rally with Bernie. Yeah, that's Minneapolis. going on like right now, isn't it? Yeah, basically, as yeah. we speak. Um, but he was on uh, Mehdi Hassan's uh, podcast, Deconstructed, which is from The Intercept. Okay, uh, he was like a guest on his show with Elon Omar. Actually, that was oh, actually shit. a oh, shit. badass show. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was really really interesting Ellen to listen Omar to. did not hold back yeah um, but Michael Moore you, you, you gotta send me the link to that band post, post that on the page when he, when he posts this episode man. yeah 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 <laughs> but like Michael Moore like they were talking about impeachment and Michael Moore is apparently convinced that when the when the impeachment vote moves from the house to the senate you're all of a sudden gonna have a bunch of republican senators who are going to wake up and realize what the, the right thing that they have to do or some bullshit like that like I I, I feel like you're you're gravely overestimating these Republican senators. Like you, you, you think that these fuckers still have any shred of humanity or shame based on no evidence. There's no evidence that they have souls. I'm not, there's, there's, there's zero evidence of any type of good thing they've ever done in their lives. Like, well, most humans would not run over this baby in the middle of the street. So he obviously would, Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) Orrin Hatch, what are you doing? Look, um, I'm, Pretty sure Mitch McConnell has basically said that he's going to have to, you know, hold a vote, which is kind of weird. I think we uh, argued earlier whether or not like he'd be able to. He's he's come out and said that you know he's going to basically have to hold a vote, which I'm, you know, it's Mitch McConnell. He could be just fucking bullshitting us. But uh, if you do have some Republicans voting to not impeach the president in like some swing states. Like I'm thinking of Cory Gardner, thinking of Susan Collins, who basically, like, while she votes for Donald Trump almost ex- uh, exclusively in the Senate, like she still, you know, postures as if she's against like the tweets and stuff like that. When you're like, you know, doing when you're doing that whole thing and you like uh, move to uh, protect the president, you just look weak and you look dumb and yeah. It just disingenuous. Right. All the things like that they actually are, but you know, <laughs> it's it's, gonna, it's, it's, it's blatant now. It's definitely going to make some like you know swing state Republicans nervous. That is going to make them sweat a little bit, which is a good thing. Absolutely. wrap up here soon but uh for one final bit uh fucking hillary clinton and her daughter chelsea went on uh trevor noah's show uh, the daily show uh to promote their new book and uh i'm just gonna roll the clip 
We're joined by Secretary Hillary Rodham Clinton and Chelsea Clinton, who co-wrote the book of Gutsy Women. Um, Hillary, I have to ask you a question that has been plaguing me for a while. How did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> because you, you, you're not in power, but you have all the power. <laughs> I, I really need to understand how you do what you do. Because you seem to be behind everything nefarious, and yet you do not use it to become president. What is the game plan? <laughs> well, Trevor. What is, what, but honestly, though, what does it feel like being the boogeyman of the right? Well, it's, it's a constant surprise to me. Um, <laughs> Because the things they say, and now, of course, it's on steroids with uh, being online, uh, are so ridiculous beyond any imagination that I could have. And yet they are so persistent in putting forth these crazy uh, ideas and theories. Honestly, I don't know what I ever did to get them so upset. Oh, you don't? Well, <laughs> that's the, here's the first problem. <laughs> okay, so firstly, firstly, I, I just want to talk about. Here. I want to talk about like Trevor. Trevor is trying to, uh, trying to illuminate like this sort of like co cognitive dissonance. He's saying like, oh, you know, uh, like you aren't in power, but somehow you have all this power to do all this evil stuff. What's, dude? She's fucking rich. She she was the first lady of the of the United States. She was a she was a former she's a former U.S. senator, a fucking sec, former Secretary of State. Like she has an immense amount of power and, and influence. And uh, and the Clintons have had control of so many of the donors that have funded the, the DNC fucking directly for a decade, over a decade. So like, oh, why do you have all this power? How about you like, d you know, do some fucking research with your immense resources? Like the Daily Show used to have fucking immense research capabilities, you know. Um, and now it's like, oh my god, how how do you have all this power? <sighs> Jesus Christ, they're, she's they're they're practically billionaires, right? If, if they're not already. <laughs> what I what I take major issue with is that this is supposed to be a unifying issue. Jeffrey Epstein was murdered. This is a beautiful meme. <laughs> that has brought, you know, the right and the left together. And now it's being like sh smeared as just all right wing. But, <laughs> and here, but here's the thing though. It's like, it's like next level psyop too, right? Because what they're doing is they're pigeonholing that it's, oh, it's Hillary Clinton that killed Epstein, right? Because all these right wingers, uh, hashtag Clinton Bonnie count, ha ha ha, JK lol, whatever, right? Like these like fucking trolls. And, but really, like, it's, it's a fucking very serious issue that Bill Clinton is on Jeffrey Epstein's, uh, Lolita Express they're light logs. They're fucking laughing it off. It's so it's, funny, right? It's a serious issue that, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's madame, Ghislaine Maxwell, who, whose father was, uh. Where in the world is Ghislaine Maxwell? Yeah, where the fuck is she? No, that, that, come on, guys. Like, where the, no one's talking about this. She was at fucking Chelsea Clinton's wet wedding, a fucking aisle seat. There's like a fucking picture of her. Fucking, it's it's disgusting. Like, the, dude, Chelsea probably fucking knows where Ghislaine Maxwell is, <laughs> and like she's fucking laughing it off. Like it's just fucking bullshit. I it makes me so mad because and and you want to know what we th these people deserve justice. It's not right. Yeah. Or, God, I didn't fucking, I, oh my God. Ugh. Ghislaine Maxwell's father, 
was a fucking Israeli super spy, guys. Fucking Jeffrey Epstein has his major money connection is Leslie Wexner, who's got major connections to like uh, the CIA and FBI, like uh, pedophilia, blackmailing sales, uh, schemes going back to like the 50s. Like th- these are the fucking people, you know, uh, with all this fucking immense wealth and power. Wesley we- Leslie Wexner, I'm pretty sure who owns Victoria's Secret, guys. That guy. Um, what? Yeah, I'm not joking about this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like every like every every week, it's a new business that I'm like, wow. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know. But, but first it was like, okay, first Chick Fil A. I can I can do out Chick Fil A. You know, it's just one place, okay. But you know, you got Bang Energy and fucking uh, you know Victoria's Secret now and fucking the Netflix fucking guy. Dude, the Donald Trump connection is really fucking weird. The Donald Trump connection, like, the Donald Trump connection with the Jeffrey Epstein actually isn't so much like, oh, like, they were, you know, at parties together and such. It was that um, uh, there was this, like, model that um, uh, for Miss uh, Teen USA or something like that, who uh, who was kidnapped by, like... I don't, God knows who. And you know, Teen USA was owned by Donald Trump. Um, this, yeah, this, this girl was kidnapped and sold to the Sultan of Brunei, uh, to have sex with her. Right. And, um, I'm pretty sure I, dude, like this fuck and this fucking, uh, guy like sold his fucking boat like uh or god i actually need to fucking go but there's like a yacht connection involved might be the same yacht that like jizzling uh maxwell's father like died on eventually which is like you know an, an insane wrinkle but anyways yeah that shit is just really fucking creepy um it's it needs to be uh i i said this before on the podcast whitney webb is really good from mit press news to read on this she's got a whole um series like I, I think a four-part series on the Epstein stuff, and this I'm telling you guys, this stuff goes all the way back to like the 50s. They've been doing this to like keep you know all their buddies in check well, for you, decades. Well, you can't do this without an immense um hand, like control of power at every level. Think about the amount of people you, like you, you need to pay off or have in on it to have something like this going for fucking years, and you know the fact that both that. You know, Trump and Clinton both have a fucking connection, but no one wants to fucking talk about it unless you're on fucking social media. If you go to like MSNBC or NBC, or NBC it's like, well, the, the allegations against Trump are just a, a Clinton. You know, it's just the Clintons. You know, you know the liberals that you know are doing this. Or hey, you know, we want to drive the connection between you know Bill Clinton and, and Epstein. It's like, no, 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 this is just the right wing. Like Trevor, no, and like. It's just right wing conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Like, no, all these people are fucking shady ass, you know, evil, malicious, pedophilic monsters. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just think that this interview, this interview bit is a further demonstration that people like Trevor Noah, like even, even fucking Stephen Colbert, whatever, like these people are, these people are your class enemies. Yeah. Oh, Trevor Noah has been bad for a very, very long time. Even when he was still in South Africa, he was bad. Um, I think, uh, he was there. No, right. Like, um, in South Africa, I'm pretty sure like, uh, he was joking about like this massacre of these, uh, minors 
like in a work action they were doing a work action like uh protesting their uh just uh inadequate working conditions and uh what happens uh well the capitalists fucking murder a bunch of them he was like joking about it like they had guns what were you doing <laughs> like just like some fucking whack soft shit um and that's weird i i didn't know about that i mean i i i had seen trevor noah's stand up before he became the host of the yeah. daily show I and I, I liked a lot of his stand up uh but since he took over the show i've just been really really disappointed with him um i mean even even John Stewart for him like it, it took him like a, a couple years to like really hit his stride and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know start making a consistently good decent show um but Trevor Noah just hasn't found it nope and I don't think he's going to nope because if, if he did, he wouldn't be the host anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, he'd end up like fucking Larry Wilmore. Yeah, yeah. Larry Wilmore had a, had a really fucking funny show. And it was just hitting its stride, like, mm-hmm. you know, when it got canceled, too. And um, Well, that's because, I mean, he was speaking truth to power. Yeah. I mean, he was he was being open and honest about the fact that the United States is still white supremacist. Yep. Um, and I guess the execs didn't like it, and he got fucking canceled. Yeah, you know, and you see, you see that a lot. You know, that's why every single, not, not every single. But a vast majority of black personalities that you see in any type of mainstream um, cable network or fucking Uncle Tom's and fucking sellouts because like, you know, you look at what uh, Jamila Hill did in ESPN, you know, last year where she uh, she called Trevor white supremacist and ESPN like suspended her <laughs> like like <laughs> he got so much backlash for calling a triple white supremacist this was after the camps this was after the fucking um the muslim ban you know this is after you know countless different war crimes Colin this is after Kaepernick being a fucking election issue yeah 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 this is after the, this was after all that and she called it she said exactly the truth and ESPN was just like oh well you know you're you know you're not you're, you don't fit with our brand so you know these these are the type of people we're working against. So, um, so whenever I see someone like Trevor Noah, um, pull a stunt like this, you know, I just think, well, that's why he's fucking there because if he were to act any differently, he wouldn't be host of the daily show. (laughs) Well, we're, uh, we're out of time here guys. So, uh, we got to wrap up here, but thanks for listening to this week's episode. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Google play. Uh, be sure to rate and review us because it'll help new people find our show. Uh, make sure you like us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. Uh, follow us on Twitter at SOTRpod. You can email us at SOTRpod at gmail.com. Send us your questions, comments, and threats. Um, we need more haters. That's right. We need more haters. <laughs> <laughs> not, not no drama. All right. <laughs> also, be sure to uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. Uh, we have, uh, over the like the last few weeks, started producing more bonus content for our patrons. Uh, and we'd like to make more, but we need more patrons. Um, so if you enjoy our show, if you get anything out of it, uh, please consider subscribing. And you can do that at uh, patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. Hell yeah. I am Benjamin Clone. I'm Joseph Hardy. And I'm Alex Sahori. All right. We'll be back uh, next week. See, See you guys. Ya. See ya.